0: This is the Mining Your Own Business podcast brought to you by Elder Research. Each episode will bring in data and analytics gurus from around the world as they regale us with their data analytics stories and enlighten us with their secrets for how to turn data into actionable insights. Now, here's our host, Evan Wimpy, who will guide us as we dare to mine our own business.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Mining Your Own Business podcast. I am your host, Evan Wimpey, and today I am very excited to introduce our guest, who is Catherine Walter. She's a senior operations research analyst at Avista, Avista being an energy company. And we've had guests from a lot of different industries here on the show so far, but this is our first guest in in energy at all. Uh, So we're going to learn a lot about what Catherine does there, how analytics get applied. Excited to have you on the show, Catherine. Thanks so much for coming.
0: Hey, thanks for having me.
1: All right. To kick things off, can you give us a little bit about your background and how you ended up at Avista?
0: Sure. So my background going way back is I have a bachelor's in OR from the U.S. Coast Guard Academy. Did not know what OR was when I decided to do it, but it was the math department and I liked math and then realized, oh, I really like this. I then did a search rescue coordination, then the Coast Guard sent me full-time, paid for my master's uh, at Columbia, which is a great deal. And then I did human resources analytics at Coast Guard Headquarters. At that point, I was like, "I really like this o r stuff. This is great i I want to keep doing this, and in the Coast Guard, it's not a career path. so I was like, Well, guess yeah, I gotta leave <laughs> So I left. um I became an optimization consultant at Ortec in their office in Houston, where i helped with optimization problems for a few years um also did some professional development uh teaching of courses, and then I was looking for something else and Someone reached out on LinkedIn, a recruiter was like, hey, you look qualified for this operations research job for a utilities company in Spokane, Washington, would you be interested? And I said, nope, I'm not going to <laughs> Spokane. That's not an option for me. And he was like, oh, well, thanks for replying. And a few weeks later, they said, hey, would, would you be interested in doing this, um, being fully the remote? They realized that between the pandemic and the nature of this job, like, it would be fine to be fully remote. I was like, okay, tell me more. All I know at this point is utilities company Spokane, Washington, that's it. And they tell me more. And I'm like, oh, that's, this sounds like what I've, I've been looking for. Sure. Tell, tell me, And then I, I got hired in August uh, 2021. So it's been almost two years. And Avista is the utility company in Spokane, Washington. Also, it's pronounced Spokane, not Spokane. They had to teach me that. And Spokane, if you don't know where it is, is near the Idaho border on the eastern side of Washington State because I, they also had to teach me this. So I had to learn a lot because I, <laughs> I, I never had a reason to know before. Um, and at the time I lived in Houston, I now live outside Washington, D.C. It's still fully remote, still have no plans with Spokane because it's just not, not an option for me for personal reasons. Um, but So it, in a Vista, Vista is the power company. Um, if you live in Spokane, your power bill is a Vista. Um, and that, that's it. That They've been around since 1889. Um, we have about 1,700 employees and I'm the first and currently only and therefore the best ever optimization <laughs> analyst at the company. Um, so about 10 or so years ago, around 20, 2009, 2010, um, my boss, Clint Kalich, knew what optimization was and he always says he's an economist. And so he knew what it was, but he's not a, a person. But he's like, oh, this could this could be helpful. He he, he runs the planning team within power supply at Avista. And he started finding like a use case for it. And he did a very small optimization model for two of the plants, the so two hydro plants that are connected. Um, meaning one the water goes through one, goes down, and gets to eventually reaches the other plant. And found that doing better decision making and be- better modeling of these systems, they could be ten to, eight to $10 million a year in additional revenue with almost no extra cost other than the cost of making that model. So it's very profitable to, to, to make better decisions this way. And you was able to get management on board with, yeah, go create this application. So he used, um, and still use, we, we definitely still use some some excellent operations research consultants. to do the heavy lifting of the building the math model and so forth. We also have a team of software developers who make the interface, deal with the database, get all everything moving the right ways. And that team has changed over time of getting bigger, getting smaller as as the needs are. And now since about twenty seventeen or so, there's been like a fully functioning app. And like I mentioned, about twenty twenty one they realized, hey, let's let's have an OR person in-house. So I'm kind of in the middle of this app, of the between the users and the developers and the um, OR consultants to to get everything going. I realize right now I'm the only person who has both the access and the skill set to see what's the user seeing of what what what's on the screen, and when they try to run a model, how does that turn into the the data that gets sent to the what, the code that builds the math model? I can then see the math model. If it's infeasible, I can see the why it's infeasible or I can see what I need to, to figure out what's, what's feasible. And I can see what's step back, all the way back to what the user sees. Because either people can do that, they don't have the skill set to be able to see the math model aspect, or the Oracle consultants don't have the access to the user interface. And so I'm the person that kind of in the middle, I can see the, the full thing. And I, I work on this, it's called the VISTA Decision Support System, ADSS. And that, that's what I do. I a lot of aspects to it of, hey, it's something not infeasible, what's going on with it? something is off or, hey, we want to add a new feature. We have a new requirement. We need to make sure that's modeled correctly. Um, you know, users are just saying, hey, these numbers look wrong. Why are they wrong? Okay, let me go look at why they're wrong. Um, so a lot of diff- different applications there within the same big picture application.
1: Yeah, very cool. Yeah, and very, very, very much tuned in to the operations research world. It sounds like an OR problem, which one of the, I was very surprised when you said there's no career path in OR in the Coast Guard, because I suspect there are use cases where the Coast Guard could, could use some operations research. Oh,
0: absolutely. And they, they have them. They have some civilians who have long-term careers. And there's a couple of people I know who are active duty officers who are now having a second tour. But since it's not really seen as a career path, it's not, at least when I, back when I got in 2018, a whole five years ago, it was not seen as a career path. It was I could maybe get lucky and go again one day, but I was like, why would I Why would I do that when I can leave and have <laughs> a career in it and do this full, forever? And also, at that point, at seven years active duty time. I was like, I don't want to wait 13 years to retire. And sure. OR so so booming and so much new stuff's going on. It's like, I don't want to wait 13 years to, to be able to start doing this. Like, and plus, they have, a lot of OR people don't get to do OR skills. Mostly that has to do with some senior leadership not understanding OR skills. Sure. Like, we had a running joke in my office. That because someone who outranked like all of us came by one time and he, he said something about, oh, you know, he wishes he could learn, you know, what we do. And, and he just doesn't have time, though, to learn how to do VLOOKUPs and pivot tables. Because to him, that's what we did, which <laughs> is upset because we did do a lot of pivot tables and VLOOKUPs because that's the tools that we had. And that's, that's what we had to do to answer the questions that we got. So it was yeah. that, but that was the attitude that yeah. that's what you do. And so a lot of like, oh, our stuff you don't get to do as much or it can be really hard to get going. Um, so it's this, I could do this or i could just get out and then do go have a career path and then get to do or every day and so that's that's what i've been doing but i mean the coast guard set me up well they you know they set me up they pay for both my bachelor's and master's degrees in or and gave me some work experience so i don't regret it but very much that they're they're missing out because i'm not i'm definitely not the only person who's left the coast guard for this career path because other bigger services it's there but i'm I'm not i'm not the first i I doubt i'm the last you too
1: yeah, makes perfect sense. Yeah, you have a masters in masters in OR from Columbia. You don't want to spend your days doing VLOOKUPS and pivot tables in Excel. Um, okay. and so so you went to Vista. You learned how to pronounce the city's name. Mm-hmm. You learned a little bit about Eastern Washington, even though you never had to move there, and and Western Idaho. I don't know. I guess you've never moved there, so I don't. Is it close at all to Moscow, Idaho? Okay.
0: I feel like I should know this. Nah, I do not. You don't... I know it's, it's near Coeur lane, which I'm not sure. Ah, Coeur d'Alene.
1: It's... Okay. Yes,
0: it's. it's I hear it's about four or five minutes from there. So even though I've been with the Vistas since August 2021, I went to Spokane the first time ever the first week of May of this year. So a few weeks ago. It was very great. Right. People were very nice there, way nicer than I expected. Like, I didn't think people were mean, but I was like, people are <laughs> really Everyone's talking to me and having sense well, the... with everyone.
1: You're in the DC area. Everybody's outside of there is is relatively nice. My little shot at, at the the national capital region, yeah. But I guess I, I guess to to get us closer back on track, you you learned a little bit about the company, but presumably you had to learn about a little bit about hydroelectricity, how oh, yeah. dams All- work, how things work. So can oh, you yeah. talk a little bit about? That growth and yeah. experience.
0: Well, well, just like I didn't know how to how to pronounce Spokane or where it wasn't a map, I also was not aware that people still use hydroelectric power. I didn't know. I, I'm from Georgia, and then I was in the military. Like this isn't something that comes up, so I just didn't know that it's very much still a thing. And we also do more than just hydroelectric. We also have thermal plants, and we have some solar and some other things. We also we, we model all of it. But I, yeah, I had to learn all of it, uh, but luckily um, my manager just like, yeah, I know you don't know this stuff. That's okay. We're not hiring you for that knowledge. We're hiring you for our knowledge. We can learn yeah. everything else. And so I've learned a lot um, by talking to people, by seeing it, by just reading things. And as I've needed I, – I still don't know a lot. Some stuff, I've, it's more of a I'll learn it as I need it. And But the, yeah, I, I I didn't realize this, and I, I should have realized this, <laughs> but it's one <laughs> thing I never thought about was the power – you know, you have to have everything balanced all the time. And you can't just have a whole bunch of extra power hanging out. And you also need to always be ready to move up the system up and down within a few minutes or almost instantaneously. So you have to account for that in your generation and everything else. I didn't realize this. So we we'll modeled that. So it was all these things that I had to learn that just I feel like this is a, one of the beauties of operational research is that it's so industry neutral. You can apply it to anywhere. And you just have to learn what you need to learn about it in order to apply it because the uh, the concepts are the same. You know, the how to make a nonlinear function linear enough that you can plug into a mixed engineering program. That's the same wherever, whatever industry you're in.
1: Yeah, I I think that's a great, a very generalizable point too. Uh, we we had a, a previous guest, I, actually the, the most recent guest we had uh, is in the pharmaceutical industry when they were growing their analytics team there. They were deliberately looking to hire people outside of the pharmaceutical industry, so that they came in fresh mindset, being able to look. It sounds like you were sort of targeted, being outside of of you know, the energy sector, the energy industry, because of the the, the mathematical skill sets you had there. And you come in and you help build and maintain and and apply this this optimization work. This is going on 10, 10 years-ish mm-hmm. that this has been a vision. But uh, how old did you say? Avista on the order of 100 years old. Mm-hmm. So they've been solving this problem without operations research, maybe specifically for a long time. So are are folks eager to do things better? It sounded like you had a champion, your your boss was, but mm-hmm. is that is that sort of across Avista?
0: Yes, I'd, I'd say so. People are eager to do things better. And it comes down to, you know, the the bottom line of, if this works to make more money, it's a for-profit company. Of course, why wouldn't we do that? Um, but people aren't necessarily going, or they might not have the time to go, hey, let's just brainstorm how do we do more analytics, how do we do more stuff? Because it's just outside of their realm of what they're doing. But when it comes to, you know, if, if it's working, then sure. Because while well, what we're doing, you know, we make these decisions, or I should say we're supporting the decisions using ADSS. We're supporting the decisions with optimization, but these are decisions people made, you know, for, you know, like you said, decades hundred years before ADSS started. So it becomes this, is it help? Is it doing the same thing? First of all, if they're not doing the same model they're doing, they're not going to use it. So they're doing the same thing isn't improving it. So there's constant feedback between me and the other people who work on the model itself. And then the people who are using it to actually make those decisions of, is this still making sense? You know, is this supporting what you need to support you? Are you getting what you need out of it? You know, oh, you you want the user interface to show something that we don't only have to optimize? Okay, well, we'll get this user interface for you because we want you to be in the one place. We don't want you to have to have you know. We're not trying to make your life more complicated. We're we're trying to make this you know easier. So if it's easier and it's also helping, people are going to embrace it.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think that's a good mantra. If if it makes it easier for somebody, then then they're they tend to embrace it. Have um, I'm thinking back. You know, I've never worked in energy, but in the consulting space touch a lot of different industries. And oftentimes there's you know maybe the optimal technical solution is not something that makes things easier. People are willing to embrace. I'm curious if you've, you've seen that either something that you've built or, or tuned or decision support, you said this would be the right way to do things, but it's hard to get the change management or the buy-in from the people who are flipping the switches or opening the day. Obviously, I have no idea how Hydroelectric energy works either, uh, but for the people who are actually trying to use the decision support system, do you have to do? You, do you have to sometimes step back from what may be technically optimal just to get something that that people appreciate and people trust and people use?
0: Absolutely, yeah. Because if it's not if it's not following what they expected to, they're not going to use it. Of course. And even if we we find that what we're saying to do is better, if they don't believe it. <laughs> we're not and we can't convince them so we, we had that recently where we have some I'm, i have to keep this very general sure but but we had had a new a, a newest feature feature and we had this going for a few months to help make certain decisions and it was taking a lot longer than it should have like it should have been pretty instantaneous it's taking hours to run and it got the point that the people using it were going why are we waiting for this like we're not even getting the answers we thought we'd get and we noticed that they were doing a lot of targets in the optimization, So rather than just say, okay, go optimize or say, okay, but but set all these variables to be these numbers. And they kept messing with them to try to get the numbers they wanted. Because in the end, they had the schedule that they were looking to get. And that they were trying to make the optimization do the same thing. And there's, sometimes there'd be constraints that they weren't aware of or or we weren't modeling the the best or things that we were told is always true that might not be as always true. So it didn't need to be as hard of a constraint as it, it was. But it came down to, okay, if they're not going to use it, what will they use? <laughs> what, what will they do? And it's matter of matter. we rec- created something that was pretty much just redoing the calculations they had on spreadsheet. But if that's what they're going to use, okay. Um, We got to keep working on the original thing to make it so that it is usable. But if it's not... If, it's, if there's some issue with it, even if it's just taking too long, makes not use it, then yeah, we're not going to try to force it. And then we'll just create a disconnect. They're just going to make their thing anyway. <laughs> so why would, we, why would we have that happen? And then it becomes that now no one's using this. Now it's not going to get supported. Now we can't do more work on it. And it becomes that cycle of no one's going
1: to use it anymore. Yeah, I think, I think that's, that's, that's signs of a, a mature analytics or OR piece is we're not going to force this. It's not going to be helpful. Um, yeah, and it sounds like you, you know, accepting of the feedback that that the people are giving. Um, Catherine, your background is in OR. You, your title is is OR. You you do OR. Is there is there a broader scope for using data and analytics to be? Um, it, it, or I guess is is there sort of an analytics effort there at at Avista, or is 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 it confined mostly to the operations research space?
0: There, there is a bigger data science focus. That's, that's the word that that we like. Um, I realize the okay. controversy was data science. What does it mean um, data science? And as far as I'm aware, we're still working on. I'm, I'm very like focused on the application I, I work on. But I do know a data science team exists outside of us. Um, from my understanding, they're still trying to get up and going, and and it's hard because you can't really hire someone like off the street. Like you can't just hire someone from outside the outside of, to some. You know, very experienced, very educated data scientist, because they're going to come in and there's nothing there. It's going to be very hard for them to get going. So it's that sure. that chicken or the egg thing of like, do you have to have the systems to attract the the right talent, or do you have the talent to get the right systems going? And so it ends up being a lot of in-house training and and so forth. And so there is a, the thoughts there, the efforts there, but what people are really doing, I I can't tell you as many details. I'm just not I'm not up on up to speed on because I'm I'm very focused on the system that I'm, I was hired to work on.
1: Sure. And I, I suspect that, you know, maybe I paint too rosy picture. I tend to be an optimist. Um, but your, your decision support system and the work that you've done, and it sounds like really incorporating the, the user experience to it, that's going to help to generate some buy-in. It's a lot easier to have, uh, you know, the next analytics thing when you are very happy with some analytics that, that are already underway and already making your life easier.
0: Yeah. oh absolutely especially because you know, we have the tools now so we have um you know we we have all these like things we do in python developers who can and use that we also have a Groovy license that we that we use mostly for this but it's hey if someone has like a very small model and they want to test it out i can run it for them on, on my computer with a license on it and and do it faster than them using whatever other software they might be using so we have the tools there it's definitely a, oh hey what if we did this? What if we do this? And sometimes it comes down to the time of, do I have enough time to work on something? Does someone else have enough time to explore something? So it's very nice to have the tool set and have the the thoughts there of, hey, let's do something more.
1: Awesome. And on, on the time, time is scarce. You are the one and the only and the best, of course, uh, operations research focused person at Avista. Does the, does the team look to grow? Do you... What does it look like for somebody else to come in? Do you, are you sort of growing operations research talent within? And I, I'm thinking about a lot of our audience as they're sort of starting up. Maybe it's not in operations research, but it's in some analytic endeavor and they've had some success and they want to expand. And where's what are the things that you need to think about as you sort of expand the capabilities and really the size?
0: Yeah. So first is budget. We- as much as we like to hire a whole team of people to really focus on this and do more stuff, we might not have the budget right away, and so that's what's holding us back right now. It's, there's definitely a hey, it'd be nice to know another person, but it's not a we're not in the place of oh my gosh, we need another person right now. We're not we're not sure. here yet. Um, but that that is already um, a concern that if once we get there, you know, will we have the the funding for it? Um, but there is there is a general plan, I should say thoughts. Not, there's nothing in writing, but find that eventually we'll be able to grow the team of OR people. And I'm always trying to educate everyone around me about the different things we're using of, hey, this is why we're doing this, or this is like optimization. There's a, I gave a very basic training recently of what mixed engineering programming is. I had a whole example because I'm from Georgia about like Waffle House and um, like optimizing the what you're going to buy at Waffle House if you have to be there for 24 hours. I had a whole thing. Um, oh, but- is that
1: public? Is that shareable? Surely it's just all-star, it too. all-star all star yeah. special all the way down, right?
0: Yeah. Well, so I'm also vegan, and I was ah, like, okay, if I went to Waffle House because I got to go. Yeah, as, as, a, as a person from Georgia, that's just where you go. What's vegan on the menu? There's only two things. And so it becomes <laughs> this. If I only have the two things I can eat, and I'm going to be there for 24 hours because I won a bet, now I have to do this. I don't understand the <laughs> idea of losing the bet and having to do this, but if I want a bet and have to do this – what would I eat in order also get the right amounts of like, you know, calories, protein, not too much salt, so forth, and something like that. So, that, that was the example I used of just like, hey, this is what's going on here. This is why it's working. This is what happens. Something's infeasible. This is what this means. And that's so it's just trying to get that base understanding of what is this optimization thing. It's not just, oh, we're just making really decisions. No, there's optimization that certain to have a math and certain things happen behind the scenes of and just trying to get more people on board with those ideas. And eventually, I try to have more people who are operating research analysts, specialized in this type of math. We do student projects sometimes. We just sponsor a project at George Washington University and have them look at one of our inputs of, hey, can we do a better job modeling this? If it's a student project, we realize the student projects might not have you know, the answer for us, but it's those, sure. those little things that we have that is like, hey, it'd be nice to look at this one day. Sure, we, we can find the students to, 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 to do that for us and then interesting for us to, to see what they come back with and hopefully interesting for them and it, it works out that way.
1: Very cool. And then if, if one day in the future, the budget's there and the appetite is there, you've got a network of folks who are familiar and hopefully have enjoyed doing fun and interesting work, Absolutely. doing, doing work other than, um, uh, shifting cells in an Excel spreadsheet or, or pivoting them. Um, yeah, very, very exciting. And also from Georgia, love the, the, the waffle house example. I think that's a very accessible example. Very cool. Um, so you've had, you've had some success there at Avista at some point that the team may grow. I'm curious if, you know, you've been there for on the order go, going on two years now. Mm-hmm. Um, you've learned a lot about the industry. You've gotten to do some very fun stuff. If, if let's just say, you, the budget is now Catherine's to decide and the team is now hers to decide and you can point your OR efforts at any problem that you want, uh, realistic or Pie in the sky, whatever it is. Uh where where would you go? What what do you think would be the the interesting the the Catherine problem to solve?
0: I think I would expand ADSS way bigger than we have it now. So f- for example, we have a lot of predictions that we use of course because we're making decisions for the future. We have these predictions of like you know weather and different um you know when the snow's gonna melt to bring the water into the rivers, all these things. I would do a lot more. We, we basically just get these predictions given to us as inputs. I would see if we can do a lot more analytics to better predict those things, um, predictive maintenance to then when should we do maintenance, but also how that can affect the bigger system. And really, because we, we do have that a bit in, right now in the system of, like, if we have all these outages we need to do, how do we best optimize the scheduled outages? But I would make it all one big model. It might take longer. If we get enough machines and enough people working on it, we could probably make it much more reasonable and then bring in more of the people so people can like have it on their phone going, Hey, what does it look like right now? If I made this decision, what would that look like? Cause you know, at, at like a plant. Someone might go, okay, we need to do some maintenance. We got to shut down the plant for however many hours a day that's going to be to to do something. And they might only be able to see something like the overtime budget of if we do it right now, how much that would it cost in overtime versus if we wait a couple of days now that might be all they to see. Cause why wouldn't they that, that'd be the only thing they see. But show the bigger system, okay, if you shut it down for this time, how does that affect everything else around the overall system? And then be, bring that power optimization to people to see, oh, hey, if, if we just waited a day or we did a day earlier, whatever it might be, we'd actually save the company a whole lot more money. Um, or it might be a better system overall for these other reasons, and just be able to get more users and also have even more analytics um, leading into the, the, the inputs of the prescriptive analytics.
1: Awesome. I think that's a great vision. And I think generally in operations research or, or data science analytics, people using data writ large, having a vision like that is such a is such a good thing. When you're when you're champion, when your business comes to you and looks for ideas for where to implement or what what could we do next? It it sounds like you've got a backlog of ideas. You've got a lot of things where you could point efforts, things that you can do. Uh, and I suspect they're a lot better flushed out than you know than you have time to talk about in in a, in a five minute podcast question, uh, but that is super interesting. I think that that's a great generalizable advice for other people to to do that as well. Not just think about your current problem, but what what could be next. Um, and Catherine, I I do want to put you on the spot for for one last thing. Uh, I, I saw you give a talk at a Inform's Business Analytics Conference earlier this year. It was very good. I really appreciate it. Thank you for doing that. I hope you do more conferences and 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 spread the word. Um and it's it was this wasn't the only thing that made it memorable, but you shared some math jokes. And I'm a bit of a jokester myself. So do you have any any jokes on uh front of mind that you could share for the audience here?
0: Sure. So I've I'll I'll give you two jokes. One that I think everyone should just sneak into their presentations. <laughs> And when you say it, you gotta just stop and just stare until someone realizes it's a joke. Make sure they laugh. Tell them to laugh if they don't, and then (laughs) before you move on, which is any time you show a graph, you go, you know, I can optimize and I can analyze graphing. It's where I draw the line, and then you show a line graph. If you do it right, it kills. Otherwise, they would just stare at you, which also can be fun. Um, And then, and, and here's a joke for for people to just tell to their friends and their family. I highly encourage, and I expect to hear back from everyone how, how much this, this joke went well at the, the dinner table. <laughs> Why do teenagers only travel in groups of three, five, or seven? Because they can't even.
1: <laughs> oh, Catherine, thanks so much. That's a great teenage, uh, angsty teenage voice that you can't even. Thanks so much, Catherine, for, for coming on the show today. Super interesting topic. Really glad you're able to share it with us. Catherine Walter from, from Avista.